Today I will be reading from Acts chapter 2, verses 46 through 47. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God for having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Well, good morning. It is good to be up here this morning. I am very thankful for the opportunity to speak to you this morning. I'm thankful for the elders for the opportunity. It is a great, uh, it is a great feeling this morning to be able to proclaim God's word. And hopefully we can all get something out of this as we give God the glory. Now, I'm going to work on this PowerPoint. Well, that was the wrong way. <laughs> Okay, there's the invitation song. Okay, here we go. Before we get into our topic this morning, daily religion, um, here we are, we're in February. Uh, we have already had uh, Groundhog Day. We're all ready for spring, and we've probably all forgotten about our New Year's resolutions. I know I have. Now, I did a little research before I came to speak this morning, and it was that 92% of resolutions fail. We don't, we don't complete them, we don't finish them, we don't uh, get them to the goal. But what I want us to do this morning, and understanding that how we can get in good habits, you know, and that's what we want to do. A lot of times resolutions are to change things about ourselves. Maybe it's to create a new habit. Maybe we wanted to get rid of something old and start something new. Well, it takes about 66 days in order to create a habit. And that means 66 days of, of repetition. 66 days of continually doing the same thing over and over again. Now, a lot of times we want to do big things, and that's our resolution or that's what we want to change, our habit. We want to do something big, but I'm asking us to do small things. Now, when I say small things, you're going to see some of these uh, topics or, or basically our marching points this morning are going to be something big, you think, in your mind. But if we just do them a little each day, we're going to create better habits for ourselves. And that's what I want to do. I want to create better habits for ourselves. So let's go ahead and get started. You think about, you know, this last couple of years has, has been trying on everyone. Uh, we've, we've been separated in a lot of cases. Not only as a church family, we, we haven't been able to do a lot of the, the things that we want to do as far as fellowship and getting together and, and continuing to grow as a congregation, as a church family. And I'm, I've been very excited about our loving God, loving us, loving you uh, that we're going to do this year, and hopefully we're going to do it beyond. We just make that a habit. It's that we're just going to have that focus in our minds. But when I think about daily religion, I could have said daily faith. I could have said a lot of different things. But daily religion, you know, that's our, our system. That's our, what we believe, Christianity. That's our religion. You know, it's, it's not a, you're not born into it. You have to be added to it. And I appreciate 
the young gentleman reading scripture this morning for us to kind of set the tone for us, and I do appreciate that very much, is that we are able to be added to the body of Christ through our obedience to the gospel. But daily religion means daily cross-bearing. Now, what is daily cross-bearing? Well, in Luke chapter 9, verse 23, the scripture tells us that he says, And he said unto them all, If any man come to me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Now, a lot of people may think that, well, that's whatever burden I'm carrying. You know, I, I'm sure many of you can see that I have, and I, I kind of talked about it a little bit in Bible class this morning, is I've got a little bit of a redness on my face. Well, I'm starting to develop shingles. And, you know, I could say that's a burden. Well, you know, I wasn't able to come to Bible class. I wasn't able to come to worship this morning because of this burden that I have. And, you know, a lot of people have that misconception that daily cross-bearing is whatever burden you have. Maybe it's a bad knee. Maybe it's cancer. Maybe it's a bad spouse. Whatever it is. But that's wrong. That is the wrong way to think about it. It tells us in the verse what daily cross-bearing is all about. It's about denying ourselves. Denying ourselves. That means putting someone, and that would be God, that would be Jesus, in front of ourselves. We are a nation of self-gratification. We want things done very fast. We want it done our way. But you think about daily cross-bearing, I have to get rid of the things that are causing me struggle. That burden is the fact that I'm not putting Christ first. You know, Matthew 6, tells us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Seeking first, that, that's God. That's not me. It's not putting me first in the things that I say and do. It's putting God first. It's not living with some burden. It's denying self and following Jesus. One particular illustration that we find in the Bible is Matthew chapter 19, and it's talking about the rich young ruler. And I often like to bring up the rich young ruler because I think, not that I am rich by no means, but I feel like in my younger life, I tried to live a moral life. My parents brought me up that way. They wanted me to treat people in a certain way. They said, you're not supposed to steal. You're not supposed to lie. You're not supposed to murder. And I feel like just like the rich young ruler, he says, I've done all those things since my youth. But then when it came time for him to make a decision, when Jesus says, sell all that you have and come after me, he said no, because he had great possessions. And the reason why I parallel that, my wife and I were married for nine years before I obeyed the gospel. My wife obeyed the gospel shortly after we were married. And she started attending, and I didn't understand it. All I could see was she was taking time away from me. Why are you spending time with these people? Why are you spending time with God? All you have to do is believe. But you know what? She continued to live a life of example. 
and continued to ask me to come along, even though I didn't want to. And eventually, I decided to come. I wanted to see what it was all about. And you know what? I started putting God before me. And that's what it is to bear your cross. Is that you're putting God before yourself. You know, in Luke chapter 10, we learn about the Good Samaritan. And in the Good Samaritan, we, we learn about uh, a Samaritan who was hated by the Jews, who helped this person that had been beaten, had been robbed. He took him, gave him some money, gave him a place to stay. And you know what he told that man? He says, go and do likewise. Use the example that I have given you and do the same for someone else. That's bearing your cross daily. That's doing the things that you need to be doing. So whatever happens daily, bear your cross daily. That means do the will of God. You know, that's easy for us to say. But I tell you what, you work on it every day and it'll become a habit. You work on it every day and you will grow in Christ. You will draw closer to Him. Daily religion means daily cross-bearing. But daily religion also means daily prayer. I want you to open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. and I know we've, we're going this quarter on our Wednesday night Bible class, and Jeremy has, has done a really good job on talking about prayer. But prayer is not something that we do willy-nilly. Prayer is not something that we do only when we, we need something from God. Prayer needs to happen every day of our life. Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 9, Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray. And he says, After this manner, therefore pray, beginning in verse 9, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us of our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. Now, prayer is something that we should do daily. You know, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 and 18 tells us that we are to pray without ceasing and give thanks to God. But when I'm looking here, particularly in verse 11, it says, give us this day our daily bread. It's talking about what we need for the necessities of life. It seems like we can go anywhere and everywhere and be able to get the things that we need. Maybe we're talking now, we keep hearing that word supply chain issue, but usually you can go and you can get you some bread, you can get you some milk and eggs, and if I was calling for snow or the weatherman, we'd all make sure that we would get that on the way home, right? But daily bread, just the necessity of life. I, look, I, 
I'm not the oldest person in the world, but I remember when I was young, you just couldn't go everywhere. They didn't have stores on every corner. And I'm sure those that are even older than me probably had a difficult time. Maybe you ended up having to make your bread on a daily basis instead of going out uh, to a store and purchasing it. But can we really appreciate you know, think about it, you know, back, back in the old time, right? There were, there were no refrigerators, there were no microwaves, there were no, the, I guess what we would consider the luxury, we, you know, we don't even call them a luxury anymore. They're, they're kind of like, ah, that's, that's what we have, right? But there were times when, when people didn't have the necessities that we have now. And so prayer is not just going to God. First Timothy 2.1 talks about prayers and supplications and intercessions and giving thanks to all men. We must give God the thanks that he is giving us what we need to sustain our lives every day. And that comes through daily prayer. We need to come to God and, and, and thank Him for those things. But we also need to intercede on other people's behalf. And I appreciate the prayers that, that have been led today. And, and you know, we, we talk about we're praying on others' behalf. You know, those that may have been sick. Those that may not be doing well. Or those that are spiritually on the wrong track. We just need to make sure that we are letting them know that we care about them. And how do we do that? Through prayer, through prayer to God. You know, our supplications, it's, it's what we're asking God for. You know, do we ever just go to God to thank him and, and say, hey, I appreciate you answering my prayers, God. I don't know. I don't know, you know, Daily prayer means daily appreciation. Appreciation for, for who God is in our lives. It's our avenue. The Bible tells us that we must go boldly before the throne of God. That we talk to God. You know, when, when Jesus uh, healed the ten lepers... Nine of them left, and only one came back. And what did Jesus say? He said, where are the nine? They didn't show the appreciation. They didn't care that Jesus had saved them from their leprosy. You know, if something good happens in our life, give God the glory. Go to Him in prayer. Now, Colossians 4.2 says, Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Let's make sure that we're giving God thanks. You know, daily religion means daily cross-bearing. Daily religion also means daily prayer. But daily religion means daily exhortation. Do you even know what the word exhortation means? It means to urge someone to do something. You know, Hebrews 3.13 says, But I exhort you while it is today, right? I exhort you. 
Let's turn over there. Hebrews chapter 3. And verse 13. But I exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you by the hardness or be hardened through your deceitfulness or the deceitfulness of sin. We need to urge people to be faithful in God. You know, we're forgetful people. We forget a lot of things. But we need to be reminded. And I want my brethren to tell me, hey, Tom, you're, you're going the wrong route. You, what you're doing is, is not Christ-like. And I'm only saying this because I love you. And I want you to go to heaven. We do it in the right attitude. We do it with love in our heart. How else can it be taken that way? Right? But we need to exhort. You know, sin fools us, right, into thinking that we, we don't need God for everything that we do. Sin is a distraction for us staying on the right path. You know, 2 Timothy 4, 2 talks about the, the, the preacher, right? Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. Well, we're exhorting. We're urging someone to do something. We're urging them to follow the doctrine of Christ. We're urging them to follow the gospel. Sin wants us to be content in the direction that we're going. That's why we need daily exhortation. That's why we need our church family. And thinking about that, you know, makes me think about our mission this year. You know, loving God, loving us, and loving you. It's that's exhortation. It's urging you to love others. It's urging you to love God. And those are the kind of things that all of us need to appreciate. Another thought behind exhortation is encouragement. And we all need encouragement. We all need to have people to wrap their arms around us and tell us that, hey, we're going to be okay. Yeah, you might be going through a tough spell right now, but you just keep focused on God and everything will be fine. In our Bible class this morning, we talked about trusting God. And if we truly trust God, everything else is going to work out. Yeah, we'll have some ups and downs. We'll have some problems in life. But this is not where I want to end up. I mean, I love you guys, but I want to go to heaven. And I want you to come with me. And I'm going to give you that encouragement to help you along. And if you don't see me giving you encouragement, let me know. Let all of us know. 
Because that's what a family is supposed to do, encourage one another. And daily religion doesn't exist without daily encouragement, without daily exhortation. But also, when we think about daily religion, we have to think about daily Bible study. You know, we're doing the 100-day challenge. I'm a little behind. But I've got time to catch up. But are you getting in your Bibles every day? Are you staying? Or the only time you get into the Bible is when we have a Bible class on Sunday or Wednesday night. Are you getting in there and, and really delving deep into some of the Scripture? Are you going from the milk of the Word to the meat of the Word, or are you still a babe in Christ? Those are the things that daily Bible study can help you mature as a Christian. Study to show yourself approved. A workman need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 2 Timothy 2.15 Study. You know, 2 Peter 3.18 says that we are to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Well, how do we do that? Yes, I can learn through example. I can see uh, aged men and women that have gone through life. And they have come out stronger in Christ. Yes, I can, I can see that. I, I can emulate that. But for me to truly grow in Christ, I have to be in his word. I have to grow that way. Daily Bible study. Turn with me to Acts chapter, chapter 2. We're going to look at the two verses that were read for us earlier this morning. Acts chapter, chapter 2, 46 and 47. And they continually, daily, with one accord in the temple. What were they doing in the temple? Okay, yeah, they were, they were breaking bread and they were going from house to house. But in the temple, they opened up God's word. And what were they doing when they opened up God's word? They were studying it. And did it say that they only did it once in a while? No, it says they did it daily. You know, in Acts 17 and verse 11, we find out that the Bereans were more noble than those in Thessalonica. Why? Because they searched the scriptures daily. You know, we... We have to put these habits into practice in order for us to grow. And real growth comes from Bible study. You cannot stand pat and be a Christian. Because you need to grow as a Christian. Standing pat only allows Satan an opportunity to come in. But if we continue to add each day, if we continue to grow in his word each day, we'll be able 
to overcome the wiles of the devil. What is the sword of the Spirit? It is the Word of God. Scripture. We need to study it. We need to get in it. We need to do it daily. But daily religion also involves daily service. Like I said, you, you know, you, you can't stand pat and be a Christian. You have to do something. Well, what does that mean? Let's turn over to John chapter, chapter 13. We're going to begin in verse 4. He rises from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto the Lord, Dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, what do I what do what I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter said unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee thee, thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said unto him, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet but is clean every whit, and ye are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him, therefore said, ye are not all clean. So after he had washed their feet and taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, know ye what I have done to you? You call me master and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and master, have washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet, one another's feet, feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Jesus showed us here in washing the feet of his disciples what service is to look like, that we are to do something for others. It doesn't have to be something great. It can be something small. But we must do something daily to help not only our brothers and sisters, but also others in our lives, friends, neighbors, co-workers, strangers. We have to be different. You know, First Peter 2.9 tells us that we're different. You know, we're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, right? A peculiar people that we show forth the praises of him that's called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. We cannot come into the light unless we're doing daily service. Look, I, something I remember and I recall Charlie telling me one time 
He says, be a committee of one. See something, do something. If it needs to be done, don't wait for somebody else to do it. Do it. But so many times we wait, oh, well, somebody else will take care of that. Somebody else will do it. That shouldn't be the attitude of a Christian. We must have daily service. You know, James chapter 1, verse 27 talks about pure religion and undefiled as this. He says to take care of the widows. That literally means not just to visit them. That's what the King James says, to visit the widows. But literally that word in the Greek means to help, to assist, to take care of. That's service. That's the expectation. That's going, I'm not even going to say the extra mile. That's doing your due diligence. That's doing what God wants you to do. It's not even sacrifice. It is just doing your daily service. That you are helping others. So let's think about all the things that we've talked about this morning. Daily cross-bearing. Daily prayer. Daily exhortation. Daily, pray, daily Bible study. And daily service. Small little things that we can do each day to create a habit so we can do them for a lifetime. It's not much. It's just what's expected of us. All of us have an opportunity to serve Christ. Not the way that we want, but according to God's will. And if you take and add all these things together, you'll be doing daily religion. I hope that resonates with you. I hope you think about it. I hope you start adding some of these principles to your life. Now's an opportunity. If you've never obeyed the gospel, if you've never put on Christ in baptism, you can do that this morning. You can believe that Jesus is who he says he is, John 8, 32, that he is the Son of God. That you are willing to repent of your sins, Acts 2 and 38. That you're willing to confess the name of Christ before men, Romans 10, 9 and 10. And then be buried with him in baptism, where you're washed clean, made whole, a new creature, added to the body of Christ. You can do that this morning. Don't delay. Start your walk now. Start working on your daily religion. Maybe you are one that is already walking with God, but maybe you need to be encouraged, lift it up. Maybe you've got some things in your life that are amiss. We want to help you with that as well. Whatever we can do, let's do it now as we stand and as we sing.